Say, building a future, future. without fear. fear. I want to show you today how to manage the surprises in your life that scare you. I want to show you an example of two people. There's really two sermons in one. And in this uh, sermon today, I'm going to, to continue down the path that we talked about for our theme for 2017. If you remember, every year I ask, answer one question. The reason I do that is because I know we won't remember everything. So why try to say 52 things? Because you're not going to remember 52 things. So I answer one question a year. I try to pray and come up with the best question I can. So this is the question for the year. Are you distracted? Focusing on the wrong thing. And building a future you will not love. Are you a distracted person, focused on the wrong thing, and building a future you will not love? The big point for the year is if you become distracted in your mind, with your money, regarding your personal gift, your gifting, your priorities and your disciplines, you will not build the future you desire. So if you mess up your mind, person's money, get them out of their gifting, get them on the wrong priorities, if they have the wrong disciplines, they will not find the future they desire. The story, the Christmas story, is about God stepping in the world, trying to get the world focused because it was distracted. The story of Mary is one that should be told not just on Christmas, but all year long. Because it's, it's God putting a life in order. So the first part of this sermon is we're going to talk about Mary. Come on, so let's talk about Mary. The second part of the sermon we're going to talk about, about Christmas. Now, the reason it's important for me to talk about Christmas is because some people really have a thing about Christmas, and I just think you should... And I'll show you that in just a minute. But let's begin in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. And I want you to notice how God saw this woman, Mary. There was a specific description of her that was profound, especially seeing she's probably in around 14, 15 years old. When you get to this age and this culture, marriage was a possibility. A lot of things came earlier in life. She was already engaged to a guy named Joseph. They were well on their way to a life, but things change. You know things can do that, right? Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1 says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, there are a lot of things in this, a lot of terms in this verse that just kind of stand out to me. The word virgin is a big one. We won't even talk about that. But that was a badge of honor in this culture. I want you to notice how he spoke to her and he said two incredible things. You, first of 
all are highly favored. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Highly favored. This is not somebody that was looked down upon. And, and what's impressive is God sends an angel to tell her that. God sends an angel to a middle schooler to tell her you are highly favored. You know that's God. Somebody that's just knocking on high school is considered to be highly favored. Now, here's what's important for young people to understand. God sees you early in life. Then the second thing he said to her is you are blessed. You have, you have on your life something that's blessed. You are uniquely gifted. You are special. What's it like to be that young hearing those words? The second thing I want you to notice is how God saw the encounter, how Mary saw it. So God came through an angel, speaks to Mary. Notice Mary's response in verse 29. When she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying. I want you to notice that. God sends a great message. God sends a great prophetic word to her life, and she's worried. And considered what manner of greeting this was. What is he talking about? What, what does all this mean? Then the angel says something to her I want you to notice. And this is something God often says to people. He often says to individuals when he takes them to this special place. Repeat it with me, please. Say, do not be afraid. And that's what the sermon's about today. If you're going to build a future, and that's the goal of this, he's about to give her a brand new beginning. A little girl who had no clue, dreaming of marriage, she had no clue God had a bigger plan for her than she had for herself, and I found that to be true. God had a plan for her life, and it scared her. She had no clue what all this meant, could not possibly put it all together. And then the angel goes on and says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. What does that mean? And he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. What in the world are you talking about? David, you mean like King David? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Wait a minute. Poor girl, you talk about kingdom, you're talking about David, you're talking about Jacob, stuff I've only heard about. Women aren't even honored in this culture. Women aren't even given a place. And let me tell you, what's so fantastic is he starts this prophetic message to a young girl. Sometimes girls don't understand the power they have. God saw her and God spoke to her and now she has no clue what that means. Now, here's what I think is important. If anything can rob her at this moment, it's fear. If anything can stop her from advancing, it's being intimidated. When God tries to reach you, how do you respond? When you read the rest of her story, it's phenomenal. She went along with it. She just kept going. She didn't understand. She couldn't put it all together, but she just kept going. Can you say that with me, please? She kept going. You don't have to understand all of God's plans. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, just today, last night, I started understanding God's call on my life. There are a lot of things I don't understand. There are a lot of things you can't see. And let me tell you, the thing that gets you the most is fear. So what are you afraid of? 
Are you afraid that you can? Are you afraid you don't know enough? Are you afraid you're not strong enough? You think you're not smart enough? You're too young? God started knocking on my door way early in life. He started knocking, knocking because he knew if I get you now, I'll save you later. Don't some of you wish you started when you were 14 or 15 years old? Come on, lift your hand up. I'm telling the truth. Come on. Don't you wish you'd heard God? And you can go back in your mind and remember times when he spoke to you. The plan for Mary was amazing. And I know some of you, you know, some people get down on the Catholics because of the way they honor Mary. And I don't agree with the theological, you know, place they've taken. But I'll tell you one thing I do admire, though. They get something that some of us don't get. God saw something in her. God saw something in her that was amazing. And this, my friend, is the one thing I want you to leave with. If you can just keep going. A friend of mine told me years ago, I asked him how he made it so long. He said, one thing I never have forgotten. You've heard me say it before. So come on, repeat with me, please. He said, I just kept on going. Mary couldn't understand all that this meant, but she kept going. And for you, that's the key. Now, that's the first sermon. The second sermon is one that I want to just, it's kind of me on a hobby horse for a minute. I think every time you come to Christmas and you hear about Mary and you hear about Jesus and you hear about the birth of Christ and you hear about all that, there are always those who say, well, you're making too much of a deal of it. You're leaving the Christ out of Christmas. There are three things that I think people worry about during this season they shouldn't worry about. Number one, they want to know, well, should we just only be talking about the Christ story during Christmas? I think not. I think we should talk about it all year long. But, but I love the fact that there's a designated day that we talk about Mary, we talk about the story, we tell about how, she was, how Christ was born. We talk about, I think it's wonderful because here's what happens. If you don't talk about stuff, you forget it. Secondly, I think it, it, it's really, for some people, a struggle to celebrate Christmas. For example... For some of you, if you're not careful, this really bothers you. The tree and the gifts. It's almost like, well, if we celebrate the tree, have a tree, which is what Christ died on. That's how a lot of it started. They wanted to remember he died. But some folks say, well, if you have a tree and you have gifts, you lose sight of what Christmas is about. Well, I believe you get to decide. Some of you say, well, I don't believe in Christmas. Well, you can just put your gifts away and throw all that away. That's up to you. But here's what I want to teach you. It's up to you to decide. You decide what you celebrate. You decide what you want to be happy about. Now, me, I love Christmas. I love the fact that we get to dress up in red. I love the fact that I got gifts. I want gifts on Christmas Day. I thank God. It can be a card. You can wrap up anything. My, my niece used to wrap up something in the house and just give it to him. I said, thank you, baby. I appreciate it. <laughs> I believe this is a festive time. I think you can do two things. You can celebrate the birth of Christ. You can remember the foundation of our faith. You can remember how it all started. And it doesn't have to be the exact day. Don't get all hung up on that either. I think it's just good that you pick a day. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 through verse 13. 13 verses that give you the license to choose. And I love the fact that they chose the day. 
she, Christ probably was born more in the spring, but we chose the day. And so this is the day that we decided to say Christ died. Now, Paul said we are called to choose, and no one can judge you for that. Here's what he said in Romans 14. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over, the dou over doubting things. Doubtful things, rather. Receive one who is what? Weak in the faith, but not to disputes over what? Doubtful things. In other words, don't argue with people. Don't argue about things, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Watch out, vegetarians. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're a weak person spiritually. It just means if you're not careful, you will develop a view that this is the only way to live. And you judge everybody who doesn't live like you. Then he goes on to say in verse 3, Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you? Big question. Who are you to judge another's what? Servant. To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. In other words, it's not up to you. The hard part about this is, we always want to make people do what we want to do. Now, I, don't, I want you to be clear about this. It's really hard to just accept people. That's why marriages have a hard time. When you get married, when you have children, and I, I, I understand this, I, there's some things I tried to get my kids to like, and they still don't like it. There's some habits that I wish they had that they still don't have. They have their own world, and they're doing great, but, but it's their way. And so when I go to Ricky's house, I'm in whose house? Ricky's house. And I cut all the lights on and open the refrigerator and stand there and do all I can to irritate him. But that's, that's all I do. I enjoy it. But, but this is his house. This is his house. And, and so I understand that there are times I go to Christina's house, it's Christina's house. It's, I understand. I don't control. And I understand that a weak person has to control everything. That's what he's talking about that I have to somehow control what everybody does. So if you don't celebrate, that's fine. Don't be upset that everybody else does. Second thing he says, Paul said we can choose what day we want to celebrate. Verse 5 of, of Romans 14, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, listen to this, observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, to the Lord, he does not eat and give God thanks. Now, that's some good family advice. Let people do what they want to do. Let people celebrate. Let people be happy. Let people do what they want. Me, I have what I call a monthly celebration for my birthday. It's not on April 26th. It's April 1st all the way through the end of the month. And if they added a day to April, it would be one more day. But if you choose to not celebrate, see, notice the power of choice. He lets you decide. Everybody decides what they want to be. Third thing he says, Paul said, we do not affect others. We, what Paul said, we do rather affect others with our celebration choices. Now, it does impact people. A father who makes a decision not to celebrate affects the whole family. A mother who decides not to celebrate affects the whole family. That's why they make movies about you people. You always have somebody saying, bah humbug on Christmas. You know that? It's just a whole bunch of movies about you. Here's, here's what Paul said. 
Verse 7. For none of us lives to himself. Get that one. And no one dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge another, judge your brother? And why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, one of the greatest lessons I'm learning in marriage and life let people be happy. I, I just think it's, it, it's, such, it's such a sad thing that uh, during certain seasons, we rob people of the joy of life. And Paul says, don't do that. Number four, Paul said, we should resolve our differences and care about each other. Verse 12 says, for each of us shall give account of himself to who? God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this. Not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. In other words, let's not make it hard for people. Let's not make it difficult for people. You know, and I think when you, what I like about Paul's attitude is he's sort of like, chill out. There's a sermon I did called Loosen Up and Enjoy the Holidays. And I think if you can focus your attention on letting people be, and if you're one of those people like me and you celebrate, celebrate. I choose to honor Christ. I choose every Christmas to remember the Christmas story. I choose every, every Christmas to look at the courage of a young teenage girl and celebrate God's gift in her life. I choose that. That's my choice because I understand I gain strength when I look at her. I gain strength when I look at a girl who changed her whole reputation for life. I, I gain strength. And so I, I celebrate that, and then I give away gifts, and I have a lot of fun. And for the four things I think some people should enjoy about Christmas that I enjoy. Four things that some people don't enjoy rather about Christmas, and then I'll tell you five things that I enjoy. Number one, most people, when this season comes, though, they find themselves in a surprising place called isolation. I don't know why you allow yourself to get cornered emotionally during this season. Well, it's because of all the family members, and I don't have no family, and I don't have anybody, and so I just feel bad. Some people, it's bad memories. I remember this last Christmas, you know, so-and-so died or something, something happened. And so you just allow yourself to go into this sad place. Some people, it's family strife because you're not used to being together. So when you get together, you fight. <laughs> Some people, it's the cost. You spend too much money. But here's what I would say. Why don't you just not focus on that? Why don't you not focus on how isolated you are? Why don't you not focus on a bad memory or focus on some family strife? Why not focus? Why not don't spend too much money? Just be wise. But, but, but you know, it's fun to spend the money. It's fun to shop. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love it. I'm telling the truth. Ain't nothing like a new car smelling in it, but you might, you know, you need to be careful about that. But ain't nothing like something some you need to get a new car spray and just spray it in there. But, you know, we respond... We respond to this season in a very powerful way if you let it. If you, if you put out all your judgments for a minute and look at the good. If you could just for a minute look up and say, God, you know, I may not have the family I want, but I'll, I'll take what I have. I may not have all the money I want, but I'll spend what I can and enjoy what I can. I'll just loosen up, enjoy life. Thank God for Christ, thank God for the birth of Jesus, and thank God for life. Come on, say amen. amen.
Come on, come on, say amen. Thank God for life. I refuse to be sad. I refuse to be miserable. I focus on the one thing. I look at that young girl and I gain strength. And then I look at my life and I said, you know what? I, I, I may not have the friends I wanted or I may not have, I may not, but I refuse. I, and, I, and one thing I really refuse to do, I, every Christmas, I did a funeral yesterday. And I do them all the time. And I'm telling you, I watch families have the courage to say, it happened. I, I'm, I'm glad I had the person in my life. But every Christmas, every Christmas Eve, every, every Easter, some of you have, you have, you have, you have celebrations of misery. <laughs> My mother died in October. I, uh, August, I'm sorry. Watch out, Jim. I could be sad then. My, my mother-in-law died in July. I could be sad July. That's August, two in a row, isn't it? <laughs> then I can go, I mean, I can go down the road. I can name a whole bunch of times in the, in the year. I can be sad, get in a little isolated mode, feel sorry for myself. And just sit around this moat and say, well, my life is just bad. I tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like I'm by myself. And I'm just going to sit here and say, come by here, Lord. Come by here. Come by here, Lord. You know, you're pitiful. That's a pitiful life. Come on, say amen if you're hearing me. Some of you need to say, this is pitiful. And then, you know, if you're like me, when you cry, you look so ugly. It's just sad. You just, just you're sad. You've been crying. Just wailing, wailing like a whale. Just wailing and screaming and yelling. Some of you say, this is not encouraging. Well, I'm trying to help you. Because you're wearing out everybody around. You're wearing out everybody. Everybody tired. Everybody tired. And Christmas come, you go down, you get sad. You're mad about Christmas. It ain't all of, and then you give this big old religious speech. It ain't about you taking the Christ out of Christmas. It's all about, oh, stop all that. Stop it. Just pause for a minute. Stop preaching. Let me preach. You stop. And let me help you. Let me tell you what you ought to do. I'm done. You ready? Here's what you ought to do. Here's what I do. This is what I do. I'm done. Number one, I enjoy the music and the movies. I try to go and see and celebrate. I love it all. I sing all the Christmas songs. Rudolph the Red Rose, everything. I sing it all. I know it ain't no Rudolph, but it's all good. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry if I messed you up there, but it's a fun song. I love it. White Christmas, even though I ain't got no white Christmas. I sing it all. I love the family focus. A whole bunch of people come to my house. They eat up my food. I love it. I love the Christ story. I tell it over and over again. Here's something else I love. I love the fantasy. I love the fantasy. I love feeling like everybody loves everybody. Look at your neighbor. I love it. That's a fantasy. I love it. I love it. We all get along. Come on, come on. Once a year, we fake it. Come on, praise God. Once a year, we all hate the Christmas spirit. Merry Christmas. They don't do that no other time of the year. You better take it while you can get it. Come on, say amen. Am I right about it? You better take it while you can get it. You better say, thank God, I'll take it. They grump you all year round. And then, you know, you have a reason during Christmas. You can say, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, and I love you because it's Christmas. After Christmas, I can't stand you, but Christmas. It's the one day a year. That people will give you something for free. Come on, say amen. <laughs> one day a year. One day. They don't give you nothing else. Come on. And you know, you're so shocked when you, when you see something for Christmas. You be like this trying to say, what in the world did they give me? I, it's amazing. I just, I love it. I, I, we opened our gifts last night. And I'm telling you, it was just joyful. 
Watch my little grandbaby walk around. She got a power walk. Little power walk, walk into the strong walk, and she shaking, yeah, and shaking, yeah, shaking, baby. There you go. And then it was, it was so funny. The last thing I'm gonna say, she, 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 she never. I guess she never opened the gift. And she, I said, well, let me help you, baby, open the gift. And I tore the gift to help her get started. She gave me the meanest look, like, don't hey, <laughs> don't tear my stuff. <laughs> What's better than that? Some of y'all need to smile the rest of the day. Come on, say man, you need to smile the rest of the day. Come on, give God a big praise. Come on. Father, I thank you for the service today. I thank you for all that's been said and done. And done. I pray, God, that we would let not let fear dominate us. We gain strength from Mary's story. And I pray, God, that we would not judge people. That we just let people, just love people. I pray, God, that we stop living in a pity party and be sorryful and dwelling on what didn't go right, who we lost during this season. We need to all climb past that. And most of all, God, may we smile. You came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. May we live like people that have the power to be right, confident and courageous. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know your Savior, that this will be the day. The day we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. As the year ends, I want to end the year making the King of Kings the Lord of my life. If you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor Rick, I know I work to be a good person, but I've never given Christ my life. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus, but I want to today. Let me end the year right with God. He came. He died. He gave me a chance. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if for you, today is the day you want to end the year walking with God. No matter what happened before, you want to end the year right. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. This is my prayer today. One, I see two. Come on, let me see who you are. Let me see who's, who's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So... I think I see you. Thank you. And more. Father, bless those, bless those who raise their hand and many who raise their hearts and many at home that are watching. We bless them. We pray this at the beginning. Can we pray this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I invite you to be the Lord of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name.